Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan Sparks here with Lexi Sauvey, and we are going to be talking to you today about the ministry of marriage. And when I say ministry of marriage, um, what I'm what I'm trying to say and point out is uh, just a high view of marriage. And um, basically, we believe that marriage has um, consequences that are really far-reaching, and that it's more important than just. I think that there's a couple different ways that you can look at marriage. You can see mm-hmm. it basically as a, oh, a glorified roommate. <laughs> Um, a social contract, a, so, a social contract. Yeah. Um, or, um, you can see it as we believe the Bible sees it as, um, a divine institution that it mirrors Christ in the church. According to Ephesians five twenty five. um, it tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Um, so there's something mysterious and profound Paul says about marriage, um, that there's something more going on here than just what our culture may tell us about marriage, that it's something that we can opt out of to whatever we feel is necessary, um, that it's like, like Lexi said, just something social that we do or like um, whenever our impulses lead us to <laughs> get, to grow into a marriage that we should do it. And um, we think that something bigger is going on. And um, mm-hmm. with pastors and their wives, it's important to realize that um, that this is something spiritual that's happening, that there is a one flesh nature to the marriage, um, mm-hmm. that it's supernatural, um, yep. supernatural effects that are happening. And Genesis 2.24 um, says, leave your father and mo- mother and hold fast to your wife and become one flesh. Um So there's a one flesh nature that happens in marriage. Um, And I believe that we should try to seek to be united to our husband in every way, um, in our thinking and um, our beliefs Mm. about things, that that unity is a critical point in marriage. And if we believe these things about marriage, um, that can greatly impact our husband and their ministry. Basically, the wife has a capacity to be a blessing or a burden mm, mm-hmm. um, to any husband, um, not just ones that are pastors, but particularly to pastors as a wife can essentially disqualify her husband from ministry. Um, and I was going to reference First Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable. This has something to do with wives. You can make it either easy or hard for your husband to be hospitable. Able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well. This also has a lot to do with a wife and her character Mm. and the help that she is giving to her husband. (laughs) All dignity, keeping his children submissive. This also has something to do with a wife and how she is helping the matter. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? 
So you believe a pastor's qualification begins in the home, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Just to clear that up, because not, yeah. not everyone believes that, but you and I both do. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like First Timothy 3 does. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's why we believe it. Yeah. Um, which I think that Lexi and I have talked about this before, that we have seen families that it is harder for the husband to be in ministry because of the lack of care that the wife has for the home and for these matters. And the temptation is there to say, well, he's the pastor of the church, so I have nothing to do with any of it, which, which it is true that the wife is not the pastor of the church, but the wife has something to do with his qualifications in that yeah. she, can, she can make it harder or easier for him. Um, and she, like I said, she can be a burden or a blessing. There's also a quote that I was going to read. Oh, in the matter of being a blessing to her husband. Um, this is in a true companion by Nancy Wilson. There's a quote in here that said, Oh, it's talking about how a wife has a front row seat to the need that her husband has, um, in terms of ministry. Uh, She says, no wonder his batteries need recharging, and the minister's wife should recognize that she is God's primary means to do the recharging. Like any husband, he needs rest, he needs food, he needs the Mm. pleasures of the marriage bed. I giggle at that one, but it's true. (laughs) All these things she should gift him as a centerpiece to her own ministry to him. She should Mm. meet these duties by faith, trusting that God will use them all to bless and strengthen her husband. So my question is, are you seeing these matters that you do at Mm. home? Are you seeing these as a ministry to your husband? Or are they the weight on top of the quote-unquote real ministry that you're Mm. outside the home? Yes. And and if it does feel like that, if, if you're seeing the work that you do at home as only what gets the exhausted portion of you, then I would um, just challenge you to really start thinking about what the first priority is for you. And if your marriage is perhaps getting um, the leftovers of your ministry instead of your first priority. And in my opinion, Titus 2 lays it out pretty clearly that husband and kids and home are your first priority and should be your very Mm -hmm. first ministry. Yeah, especially because I don't remember if we mentioned this before, but because the title of pastor's wife isn't really a biblical vocation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it yeah, so it should it should first be, you know, husband and then children. And I think too, um I think what your view of culture, like I view I think that Genesis views marriage as a means of creating Christian culture as well and a means of evangelism in the sense of having children to evangelize. Yeah. So if, if you actually view it as that, I think that is heightening your view of marriage and what you're doing. So you're not going to be so worried about, should I be giving more time to the women's ministry or should I be giving more time to the kids? It's pretty cut and dry when that's um, your view of marriage that no, this is a further reaching uh, yeah. platform to be yeah. spending my time in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we have to be cautious to not feel like out there is more glamorous because yeah. oh, out yeah. there you may yeah. get more thank yous and good jobs. And that was a good point. And mm-hmm. those things that are um, stroking for our ego and make us feel good about what we're doing. But in the home, what we're doing is like Lexi said, is making a huge impact. And um, 
I referenced Titus too, mm-hmm. but the first thing that the older women are to teach the younger women is to love their husband and children. Um, that's the very first thing yeah. that's noted to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. And then the reason is that the word of God may not be reviled. So it's a bigger deal than what Mm -hmm. we realize that we shouldn't be looking out there for all our validation, but we should see honoring God and submitting to his word as our first priority, that we should be biblical in our view of our ministries. But we shouldn't always be looking elsewhere for opportunities for ministry, but we should see what's in front of us first. Um, that there are plenty of opportunities in front of us to um, minister to our husbands and to minister to our children, yeah. to love them well, to give them our first and our best. Um, to When it comes to matters of even like food, best, and our home being a peaceful place, that we should view those things as a really high priority and having a really high um, impact on, on generations to come. There was another quote in here that I really liked. It says, now you may be a young minister's wife with two little kids and another on the way. You may wonder how you're supposed to meet all the needs in the congregation when you're so busy meeting the needs of these little people. Let me give you a suggestion. Don't try. You are not called to meet the needs of the congregation. You're actually called to meet the needs of the minister and his kids. Mm. You're his helper. There is no one who can help him like you can. He needs some clean socks and a fresh shirt. He needs a hot meal (laughs) at the end of a long day. He needs a loving and a cheerful wife. He needs kids are glad to see him. So keep your eye on your Mm. true mission. Your congregation will be much more blessed in the long run if you take good care of their minister. So um, I think Lexi and I just really wanted to encourage you guys today um, just to not see not to not belittle what you're doing for your husband and your kids and to not feel like it's less than other things that you could be doing because there is the pull when you're a pastor's wife. I I feel like especially if you're planting a church, there is definitely a pull to be doing everything and to Mm -hmm. feel like if you're not doing everything, then things are going to fall between the cracks. And I just want to encourage you to keep your priorities biblical, that you would trust the Lord with the extras Um, And obviously, I'm not saying to do nothing in the church, because that's obviously another pendulum swing that or another ditch that you can fall into. But out of the overflow of your home is is where we um, work elsewhere Mm -hmm. and not the other way around. The home isn't the extras, but the out there is the extras. So if God gives you margins that you're able to do extra things, whether it be church or um, whatever, opportunities that the Lord provides, then awesome. Um, but if you don't have margins for this season, then just be at peace that your, <clears throat> your first calling is to be the wife to your husband and the mother to your children. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best way you can prepare for the future, any fruit that God would bring in the future that you could balance by just being faithful with what's put in front of you right now, which may just be your husband and your kids for now. Mm-hmm. But if you get first and second things mi- mixed up, I think it's C.S. Lewis who always says, not only do you do harm to the second things, but you also do harm to the first things. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. (sighs) I think with marriage, um, the temptation is always, well, obviously the temptation to rule over your husband. And I feel like there's a couple different options in the way that we can relate to our husbands. And I wanted to hit on this just a little bit. We can do you mind if I say something real quick? No, do it. Yeah, because um, I was going to talk about something else. Was just, I was just going to say, along with that encouragement, I would just kind of give a, um, an exhortation, <laughs> I mm-hmm. suppose, to not just like meet the basic needs of your husband, but I think about, like, I don't just want to be 
I want to be the most feminine example of a wife that I can be to my husband. Uh, A lot of the ways that our elders talk about this at our church is like theological maximalism. So I want to apply that to femininity in the home and marriage. So if figure out how to cook your husband's favorite food and dessert and figure out what books he likes and reads, read the books he likes, do those sort of things that are kind of above and beyond because no one else is going to be doing that for him most likely. Mm -hmm. So you should be someone that is just kind of willing to go that extra mile out of love and not just look at, because I think we can get like an efficient view of this, especially when kids are involved. You're so Mm -hmm. tired. It's hard to go the extra mile, but Mm -hmm. be willing to put a little more sugar or meat on his plate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. In, in a way of meat and dessert, but also in a figurative way. (laughs) Yes. No, correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, Just to, just to be as kind and generous with our husbands as possible. And I know that there's someone out there that's going to be like, well, who's being kind and generous to me, (laughs) you know? And well, it's God. God is being kind and generous to you by giving you an opportunity to be married to a man that is in the Lord's service. And, and just to see ministry, we're in a time right now that doesn't highly value the pastorate. Mm. And there was a season, you know, whenever it was a, it was a respected calling, but it's not as much anymore. So you know, it's easy, it's easy to go with the way of culture and feel like his job isn't that report important or respectable, but it is. And the Lord yeah. has called him and the Lord, the Bible calls it a noble calling. And I pray that we would see it as a noble calling that, that when he gives the extra hours that we would see it as noble and that we would love him well and, and be an encouragement in home, in the home as he's doing the work that God has called him to. And <clears throat> the other people in your church aren't the pastor. He is, yeah. and, and God has called him to that. And it is a noble call and a difficult call. And so love him well. Yeah, I think a helpful verse for me in this area, specifically with marriage, is from Proverbs about the man who waters others will himself be watered. And I just think yeah. when I'm acting selfishly in my marriage, it's almost always because of unbelief, because I'm not trusting God to yeah. meet. Mm-hmm. my specific needs. And so therefore I'm being very greedy with my energy and my yeah. resources. Mm-hmm. So just believe that verse by faith. Yeah. And, and the topsy turvy world that the gospel brings us that when we yeah. lay our life down for others is when we gain it and that the first shall be last. Like the Bible talks about this kind of stuff and, and how true it is. Like if you think on your life, honestly, the seasons where I am like joyfully, pouring out to others is when I feel the most happy and cheerful and content. It really is like it's, it's when we get really self-consumed is when we're the Mm -hmm. most depressed and really self-focused and self-centered and all kinds of yucky. Um, So, so true. When we're having bad weeks, I will almost always impromptu invite somebody over for dinner or some night that week. Cause I just know all of us need that others focus, be it the kids who are helping clean or me who I think you have an extra mouth to feed, but it always helps turn our attitudes around when there's someone else to serve. That's a good point. I like that. What I was going to say earlier is I feel like there's a couple different options in the way that you can be a wife to your husband. You can either be 
Well, what, uh, also, sorry, I'm reading True Companion if you can't tell. <laughs> um, but uh, what she calls, and there's a term, it's the term battle axe. And I have heard that so many times as like, a you know, she's a battle axe. But it actually is like the for real term for a woman that's like forceful and domineering. Huh. Okay. So how do you spell it? Like battle axe. B-A-T-D-L-E. Oh, battle axe. Okay, okay, okay. Axe. Battle axe. Yeah, so you can either be a battle axe and be, you know, the woman behind the scenes trying, trying to pull the strings and be in charge and always be the one that is stumbling your husband down the hill rather than mm. encouraging him to take the hill. And you can oh, be that kind good. of woman or you can be the kind of woman that is a helper that the Lord calls you to be. So, Basically, you can either like submit to the biblical authority here or you can mm-hmm. submit to the temptation to either want to rule over your husband and try to have everything be how you how you think it should be in the church and in the home and whatever role you feel like you deserve to have, you're going to try to usurp it. Or you can submit to the biblical authority here and be a helper to your husband and joyfully do that and settle into what God's called you to do and trust that it's going to be good for you. If God tells you to do it, like it's good for you. Is that the same chapter where she talks about being a wife who can eat fish and carry two buckets? I think is how she puts it. Mm, Have you gotten that part yet? But I just okay. told Jared the other day, I was like, I really want to be a two bucket woman. <laughs> yes. And yes. and so many times I feel like I'm like a, a pint jar woman. <laughs> like you feel, <laughs> you feel like you're a pint jar woman instead of a two bucket woman. But he was very kind. and was like, honey, you're a four bucket woman. Okay. That's interesting. Cause I mean, I, I agree that that's part of the analogy that she's trying to, to get across the part that stood out to me that was like the eating a fish be low maintenance as low maintenance as possible is what's uh-huh. most helpful for your husband. Oh yeah. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause seriously. I think that's my tendencies. I can be like high maintenance. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't see that about you at all. <laughs> Lexi the diva. <laughs> I don't know, Brian, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's like we can all be divas at times, but <clears throat> do you have any like implications or practical advice or encouragement to give to wives that off the top of your head? I mean, I think that was my biggest thing that I was, that I guess as I've grown in understanding that marriage really is my first ministry it's made me want to go the extra mile more at home than other places. Mm -hmm. So, um, and part of it too was when I had Daphne, I had two boys before that. And so having a little girl, I kind of started looking at my feminine callings differently Mm -hmm. and just really seeing my own shortcomings in a good way. I think it was God's grace and just the timing of our lives and in our church. So I just, yeah, I found so much more joy I mean, I've always been a homebody and I've always known that the home is my first priority, but I've just seen so much, just so much more joy in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And just, I love, truly, truly love serving Brian and can, no, not right now, not right now. Cause we're going to go to grandma and grandpa's after Daphne. Okay. We're navigating friends in the neighborhood now and when oh, we can, yeah, yeah. can't go over. And so yeah. you, got, you got a new hood. Um, I noticed that you do something that we also do with Ransom. What's your response? Okay, mom. (laughs) 
Like, I always want to hear you. What, okay. What do you do here? Okay, mom. <laughs> Some children have to try that several times before they get it right. But yes. Yeah. yeah. I was just talking to a friend about that today about kids who want to argue and teaching them to respond with, okay, mom. So, Sorry, okay. distracted. No, that's okay. Um, when you had Daphne, like seeing the feminine calling is like, oh, I want her to have something to model. Yes. That's cool. Um, I don't have a girl at this point, so but I have <laughs> thought about that before. But I, I have women in our church that I hope would model, you know, mm-hmm. things that I am trying to put into practice with our family. So Yeah. I do think something that I thought about early on as you were talking was um, quite a while ago, I don't even remember how this came up, but there was a couple that Brian and I knew. I think they were newly married, and they – were um, out of state and they had said, you know, like we're delaying having kids because we think that ministry is more important at this point than kids. Mm. And (laughs) I just don't agree with that at all. I mean, I know kids is kind of a different topic from marriage, but again, the family and the marriage and the kids is what qualifies the husband to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, Brian just really encouraged them. Like, I, I think kids would actually help you even more in ministry. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, just don't be the person that is like, sh- not shirking, but even maybe fearing the responsibility of, of your marriage and just what God is calling to you, calling you to be as a woman, because it's going to help leaning into that sanctification. Even if it's, you're in a hard season of marriage, leaning into that is what's going to further help you for the ministry. It's not going to hinder you from the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy with kids to feel like, I would have more time to do this if I weren't, if I weren't doing this. And like, it's just, don't do that. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, don't be the kind of woman that thinks that it would be better if you had time for this. It's like, this is what God's given you. This is what's in front of you. Yes. Be thankful for that and focus on, the joy it is that the Lord gave you what he gave you, whatever that may be. And I mean, it may be a season without children, not, mm-hmm. you know, it may not be your choice to not have children right now, but if that's yeah. the season you're in, then praise the Lord for that and make the most mm-hmm. of that season. The Lord is sovereign yes. and, and his yes. timing is sovereign. So um, there is good works for us to do no matter what mm-hmm. our hands are full of at the moment. Correct. Yeah. Seek to figure out how to turn a profit on the time in the season that you're in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just a lot of people can get to hard seasons and want to just be reclusive. And I just yeah. don't think that's, that's not what we should be seeking <laughs> at yeah. all. Actually, it reminds me, we have an elder and his wife at our church who, um, gosh, I think they're from the first group of elders that were ordained maybe eight, nine years ago now. But anyways, um, they have had struggles with infertility until very, very recently. And they just, I've, I've always been so impressed because they've used their time so well. He's served as um, the youth guy for mm-hmm. all these years. And now God's giving them twins, which is oh amazing. So awesome. we're very excited for them. But I just, I feel like they've been a good example to me of people who have used that time of waiting wisely mm-hmm. in ministry, just pouring themselves out for the body. So, yeah. and actually there's another couple that they, also struggled another elder and his wife who struggled with infertility and the same thing. They were always, they're just so humble. <laughs> this yeah. couple, they're so humble and they're always, they've always been so willing to just go help and serve and counsel and 
you know, just people in need, they've been willing to do that because they had the extra time and God just prompted them to use it wisely. So yeah, that's cool. My advice is to lay down conditions. Like if, like if your husband, even if your husband isn't, if you feel like your husband isn't, you know, doing the best job in his role right now or his love to you to lay down your condition of, well, he isn't doing a good job, so I'm not going to. And, um, you know, and just like not, not be super concerned about who's being the most, you know, generous in this season, but, um, just to (laughs) initiate, you know, initiate generosity in your home and, and to be as biblical as possible in your role Mm -hmm. and to do, um, do what God's calling you to do, no matter what is happening on the other end of it and just pray for your Mm -hmm. husband. And then, you know, like I always think about what if the husband were to say, well, you know, my, it doesn't fulfill me to love you like Christ to love the church. Like that's not fulfilling <laughs> to me, you know, cause so, mm-hmm. so often I hear women yeah. like the home just isn't fulfilling to me. Like working mm-hmm. at home just isn't fulfilling to me. Being busy at home isn't fulfilling to me, you know, that. Well, I, yeah. And I think part of that, I think is cause they're taking a, a, in a, as efficient as possible approach to it instead of going above and beyond in all those ways if that makes sense. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, yeah. At least that's what I've noticed. They're not challenging their minds and their hands and their bodies. And yeah, I have heard it said before, if you're bored being a stay at home Uh mom and working at home, then you're not doing it right. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Um, so yeah, if you're bored and thinking like, I'm just, you know, withering away in this home, taking care of these children, Mm -hmm. well, perhaps you should challenge yourself a bit more get a new Mm. cookbook, get a new hobby at home, make the home a more beautiful place than it is right now. Um, like do more with your children, uh, cultivate their life more rather than trying to cultivate your enjoyment more in the season. Like what can you do to better the life of the people who are in front of you? And I guarantee if, if, cause I know I, for so long, I was in the mindset of like not wanting to spend any money at all. My job was to save money at home and that was it. But that wasn't, the most helpful approach for me to take (laughs) in homemaking. Um, And so I guarantee if you talk to your husband, like if there are things that you would like to see changed around the house to make it a more welcoming environment or even skills that you yourself need to grow in. um, And you talk to him about that. I guarantee you, he is willing to figure out a way to help you financially make those things possible. (laughs) Um, The heart of her husband trusts in her. So Mm -hmm. if you go to your husband and say, husband, dear husband, I could make you some homemade pasta if I just had a KitchenAid mixer. (laughs) I guarantee. I don't guarantee. But I suspect dear husband may be willing to pitch in for a KitchenAid mixer. So, yeah, if there's little things like that that you feel like can make your job better Mm -hmm. um, or that you would be able to challenge yourself more, then I encourage you, talk to your husband, pray that God would provide and do it. Yeah. You know, I do have one more, like, uh, thought because we're kind of our, like, we don't want to be talking to everyone in the church about our marriage issues. Not that we have marriage issues, but occasionally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do. There are prayer requests mm-hmm. or, you know, issues that we're working through mm-hmm. and growing through. Yeah. Um, Brian and I picked one couple that we're allowed to share everything with at the church and they're not for us. They're not elders. They're an elders family. So, um, that was they are, so aren't, did you say they, they are, are not? Okay. No, they are not. 
and it was just helpful for me to know in like public settings what I kind of can always feel like I'm oversharing. So when I actually need to share and need like wisdom and correction specifically from someone, it was so helpful for me to know like, okay, I can go to this person with my husband's blessing and share everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I don't remember why. I love that. I don't think we were actually struggling when he said that. I think it was, um, I don't know why we did that actually, but it's just been helpful for me, like a protection for both of us. And I don't feel like I'm gossiping against my husband. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't, awesome. it can be weird. I don't want, I know like this gal specifically and her husband, Brian goes to her husband. Um, they are not going to be talking about those mm-hmm. issues with other people. And I also know that it's not going to change her view of Brian, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really good advice. Um, finding that safe people to talk to that, yeah. can, that could be really helpful because a lot of times, like you said, you feel like there's no one that you could share with if you yeah. are struggling because you don't want to, you know, <laughs> taint people's view of your husband. Yeah. Or make them feel like they couldn't come to you guys in a time of um, Correct. marital hardship. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really yeah. great advice. Cool. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay, I think cool. that's it. Ministry of Marriage. Hope you guys enjoyed. And thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.